now tuned into the most unpredictable podcast on the World Wide Web. Yo. about to shut it. Shut it. Hey. You are locked in. You know what it is. Pour up a glass of wine, ladies. Let the Henny flow, fellas. And get ready to. It's Karen Hill live on Said Loud Radio on your favorite internet platform, streaming live. It is another episode of Said Loud with your favorite gilf, Karen L of Said Loud podcast. And today in my hot seat is Nikita Grady, who is here to talk to us about postpartum, keeping things fresh in the bedroom, and really how to take care of ourselves. Hi, Nikita. Thank you so much for joining us. Hello. Thank you for having me. I want you, you know why you're here, because we just talked about it, but I want you to tell everybody a little bit about your background so they know why you're here. Okay, absolutely. So my name is Nikita Grady. Um, I am a postpartum sex and intimacy coach. Um, I help millennial women and couples uh, rekindle the spark that they had pre-pregnancy. A lot of people don't realize that postpartum takes a toll on both your relationship and your sex life. And... What brought me here is that um, I went through it with my postpartum phase. My sex drive completely diminished for about six months or so. And like, it was not coming back. (laughs) So I started putting in the work, you know, to try to bring my sex drive back. And I I kind of come up with this this method that I feel like works for pretty much anyone whose sexual desire is low. Um, I actually created a workbook centered around this process as well that will hit the market pretty soon but um when i was doing research i noticed that everything that talked about postpartum was postpartum fitness postpartum nutrition postpartum depression there was few things about postpartum sex and nothing about what postpartum what the postpartum phase can do to your relationship like no one talks about it so i was like this is not cool so if I'm feeling like this, I know that there are other people who are feeling this way. And a lot of people don't realize that postpartum also affects men. It's not just women. Postpartum is not just the first three months after you have a baby. Like it could go up to three years. Like it's a lot of things that people don't know. So who better than to, you know, help people get past this hump than someone who's been through it, who had to actually do the work to figure out how to get out of that work, that rut. So um, here I am, and I am very passionate about what I do because, again, I understand what it's like to go through something and not be able to find the resources or find the help that is needed. Wow. Um, I'm I'm based out of Atlanta. Um, I have two kids. I have a special needs son who's 11, and I have um, a little girl who just turned three. So as you can imagine, <laughs> my kids are my biggest hater when it comes to sex. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I don't think you're the only one. I think, yeah, I think absolutely. every, I think every parent understands that. Yeah. Well, let's, <laughs> let's, let's get into it. Let's, let's, let's start from the beginning to get to okay. where you are now. What was okay. the experience like, or what have you noticed about women who deal with postpartum sex? Like what has what are, what are we not talking about? What's happening that we're not talking about? Like, um, how the, are women the, experiencing this? How are men experiencing this? Absolutely. Okay, so for women, it's once... So usually people think or expect that once you get cleared at your six-week checkup to have sex, that everything is going to go back to normal, and it, it doesn't right. work like that. For some people, it may. 
for some people, your sexual desire may even be higher than it ever was before. But for a good number of people, your sexual desire is going to be gone. Um, I find it more common in women who are breastfeeding where they experience that that lack of sexual desire. And the biggest part of that is because when you're breastfeeding, you feel like your body doesn't belong to you. You feel like it belongs to your child. And right. for me, it was not only that, but I couldn't. So one of my biggest turn-ons and one of my um, most sensitive erogenous zones are my nipples. Well, I didn't feel comfortable with my partner playing with my nipple, knowing that my daughter had to nurse, right? Right. So that kind of messed with me in my head. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure it's like that for a lot of women, right? So we get in our heads about this. We don't feel sexy anymore. We feel like cows or milking machines or whatever the case may be. For women who are not breastfeeding, they typically just um, experience the changes in their body, their hormonal changes, the physical appearance, appearance, and they tend to get in their heads about it. So they don't feel as sexy or as confident when it comes to sex. For men, men, I've noticed sometimes tiptoe around it because they know that it's bothering their their counterpart. So they don't know how to approach it. And then it eventually starts to take a toll on them or the man might be persistent. Like, okay, baby, you know, you've been cleared. Why, why aren't we having sex? And he starts to feel rejected because the mom or the woman doesn't feel like having sex. And there are right. a lot of things behind that. Um, again, breastfeeding can cause vaginal dryness, which would make sex painful. Um, there are the changes to your body. I mean, you just created and carried an entire human being. So that's expected. Um, But also other things like um, women do experience postpartum depression and that can take a role on it. Some women are extremely overwhelmed with being being the primary caregiver for the child, you know, sleepless nights, up doing chores all day, especially like stay at home moms or moms that work from home. They find that all day long they have their child like literally attached to them all Mm -hmm. day. So by the end of the night, they're touched out. right? Right. And what that means is just that you've had physical interaction with someone in this case being the baby or your child you had this physical interaction all day long so by the time you go to bed and lay down with your partner you don't want to be touched no more you're like don't touch me like whatever and there are things that you could do to get around that there are ways to combat that there are ways to work through those issues one of the the biggest things that i get from clients who are in the postpartum phase that are having sexual issues is that they want to want sex they just don't have the desire. They want to make their male counterpart feel wanted, but they're like, I'm just too tired at the end of the day. You know, maybe if my husband would come in and actually help out with the chores, then I'd have a little bit of energy for sex. So for the men listening, if you and your partner have just had a baby and you're wondering why you can't get none, come in and clean up, take the baby, give her a break. Let her go take a bubble bath for about an hour, decompress. like. Don't wait for her to ask you to do something. Don't even say, hey, what do you need me to do? Like, take note. Like, actually pay attention to the things that are draining her and try to be more helpful. If you do that, then she'll be more inclined to want to start by having sex sooner. Yeah. Wow. That I feel like you were saying all those things, and I was like, I remember that. I remember <laughs> that. I remember, um, I'm trying to think back when I had my kids. I remember not wanting to have sex after mm-hmm. I had my son. Um, I think it was just, I was, I think it was the hormonal up and down, right? Yeah. So I don't know if I would call it postpartum depression. Cause I don't remember feeling depressed, but I remember like crying for no reason Yeah. and then being happy and then being sad and then being happy, but just over emotional. Yeah. Um, I remember, um, 
I had a C-section with my son, but even though I had a C-section, I still remember feeling like, oh my God, it's going to hurt. I don't yeah. know why I thought that. Cause I got, I like I, the baby didn't even come out of there, but I just, <laughs> I just thought in my head, like I was, and then the next thing was like that fear of getting pregnant again. Like I just yeah. didn't want to get pregnant or anything. Like, so that was in the back. So there was all of this mental like anguish mm-hmm. around sex for me after having my son that I was just like, and then like you said, I was nursing. I felt like a cow. Shit didn't hang the same no more. <laughs> you know what I mean, like you know, Listen. and I <laughs> and your partner. I know. I tell women this all the time now that you know your partner loves you regardless, and they're still right. there. But in the moment of you feeling that way, you're like, I don't feel like a sexual being right. anymore. You know, because that is not my purpose right now. My purpose is to be a caregiver and Mm -hmm. to, you know, so I definitely understand women kind of going through all of those emotions. And, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes we say postpartum depression, but you have to understand like your hormones are out of whack after you have a baby. Mm -hmm. Right. So, yes, there's postpartum depression. But even if you don't feel depressed, your hormones itself, like everything that happened to your body is trying to regulate itself. And sometimes that takes time. And in that um, is 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 sex and sexuality. And you just not having those hormones to be like, you know what? Yeah, like, you know, or that mental space to kind of understand. And I agree with you when you read all those books, like what to expect when you're expecting and the first year, because I had all of those. (laughs) Even my mama who got four kids didn't sit and tell me like, these are the things that are going to happen to you after you have the baby. You know, you, you learn what happens to the baby. Right. Right. And that's what I'm saying. No one says, Hey, you might lose your sex drive. Your OB may tell you that, but they usually follow that up with, you may lose your sex drive, but it'll come back. And I hate that. I hate that doctors say that because that is not always the case. It does not always just magically reappear. You don't just, I mean, it may happen, but chances are you're not just going to wake up one day and be like, oh, damn, I want to have sex today. Right, right, like, right, right. right. If, if you've gone six, 12, 24 months without having sexual desire, chances are you definitely have to put in the work to bring it back. And then for the men, um, I, I've, I've heard men say like they saw the baby being delivered and mm-hmm. they don't want to hurt her. Like they're so cautious with the women that they love to be like, oh, damn. You know what I mean? That as much as I love her and I want to be intimate, I'm like scared to hurt her. I'm scared to make her feel some kind of way. There are men who are like, babe, you're clear. Let's go. And then there's other men that are like, I'll wait as long as you need to wait. Right. Because they saw what happened to your body. They were in the room. They understand. Mm -hmm. And so they might be taking that on as well as like, okay, you know, I might not be helping day to day with everything she wants, but I'm not going to pressure her, which is also them taking a back seat because it's like our intimacy changes right? right now the baby's the priority so it's just like i'll wait till she's ready and the whole time you know as a woman you're like i don't know if i have time to be ready because now we have this new baby we have to take care of right absolutely i do want to address something else really quickly while we're talking about the effects of postpartum and how it plays a role on our sex life and relationships a lot of people also feel like postpartum means that you physically had a baby like that's the only way you can experience postpartum but you can experience postpartum if you've had a miscarriage a stillbirth or even if you've adopted a child like anything 
regarding a pregnancy or you taking on the role of parenthood can bring about postpartum feelings. So all of those things can also um, hinder or um, cause problems in your sex life, your intimate life with your partner and everything like that. And again, no one tells you these things. So I had a miscarriage right before the new year. And this is the first time I ever experienced um, postpartum taking an actual toll on the relationship itself. No one ever said, if you have a miscarriage, you are still going to experience postpartum and it can destroy your relationship if you're not careful, if you don't know what to do, if you don't have conversations about it. And that's exactly what happened. So now, you know, now that I understand that, I can definitely help couples navigate through those obstacles so that they can move forward and strengthen the relationship to even better places than it was before the pregnancy. Right. And I think that's a big deal, too, because a lot of women live with that um, and live with those experiences, even as far as like having had to have an abortion for whatever reason, um, miscarriage, um, you know, anything, giving birth, anything along those lines and understanding like not just the men in their lives and their partners, but as well as their community that Mm -hmm. it doesn't just go away tomorrow. Right. Right. There's still feelings attached to that. There's still emotions attached to that. There's still the physical part attached to that. And all of those things affect our relationships and the intimacy that we have with our partners, as well as the relationships in our community around us, meaning our family, our friends, if we're not talking, if we're not around, like people are going through it, you know, and just because you physically can't see it doesn't mean that it's not happening. Absolutely. All right. So we've addressed a couple of things that happen with postpartum depression, a couple of things that happen with post baby, right? In Mm -hmm. the beginning, what are we going to do for it to get better? Because the whole point of say it loud and say it sexy and, and intimacy talk and sex talks and sex coaching is to really not just tell people what could go wrong, but like how I'm going to have to navigate this water, right? How am I going to make one? I want to start with, empower women to feel better Mm -hmm. and then two how do i take how i'm feeling better and translate into that into an intimate relationship with my partner absolutely so first things first um like you've mentioned before after um having a baby or going through a pregnancy or anything like that our hormones are like all fucked up so the first thing you want to focus on is going to be self-care because if you're not taking care of yourself, you can't take care of nobody, your baby, your partner, sexual needs, like none of that. So I always tell my clients, start with self-care. And self-care is very essential when it comes to your sex life, right? Um, because when you feel good, you're going to perform better, right? You're going right. to, when you feel sexy, like you're going to turn up in the bedroom. You're not, right. not going to come in the bedroom with a muumuu and a bonnet on and just be mm-hmm. like, okay, and then lay there as... As, as my partner calls it, he calls it a starfish. Um, when yeah, women and just lay there and be a starfish. <laughs> so um, when, you, when you feel good, it, it carries over into the bedroom. So that's why you want to start there. If your sexual desire, if you feel it diminishing or if you notice that it has diminished, um, what I found was, so quick backstory. So when I noticed that six months had passed and I still had no desire for sex, I didn't want to masturbate. I didn't want to have sex. I didn't want to be touched, like none of that. And obviously that's a conflict because of the industry that I'm in. I get 
products sent to me all the time to be reviewed. And I had all of these toys that needed to be reviewed. And I like to be very honest in my, in my reviews. So I'm never going to review a product that I haven't tried myself. Right. And so I'm like, I have all these products that need to be reviewed and I don't even feel like masturbating. So one day I was just like, you know, I'm just going to get up today and just try it. Like, I'm just going to like force myself to use this toy. And so as I started to use these different toys, these different products for review, I started to notice in about a week and a half to two weeks that my sex drive was revving up. And I was like, oh shit, did I just discover something? And yeah. so um, this was actually before I became a certified sex coach. And so when I was going through my, um, my certification process, I actually had learned that one of the ways to bring your sex drive back is to kind of make yourself go through the motions, if, even if it's just masturbation and not necessarily with your partner. But the more that you do it, the more that your body will start to want it. So self-care first. And then start doing, um, if, you're, if you're not ready to jump straight into the sheets with your partner, then the next thing would be to start getting reacquainted with your body. Keep in mind that after a pregnancy, your body has changed. So you might not always like the things that you liked before. Like I mentioned, nipple play was always one of the top priorities for me when it came to foreplay and everything. And then I, when I was nursing, I didn't even want my nipples touched, right? So you have, to, you have to become reacquainted with your body, find out the things that you no longer like, find out things that you like now. And then the more that you start to, the more that you're masturbating, the more that you start to learn your new body. And then the, the easier it will be to communicate with your partner. So now you can tell your partner, hey, I know I used to like this one thing, but I don't like that anymore. And say, can you do this? Communication is one of the most difficult things when it comes to sex and intimacy. People, I don't know why, people can jump in the bed with someone and not feel comfortable talking to that person about what they have going on. Which is crazy. But, yeah, yeah, absolutely crazy. Well, we and can so be like naked with no clothes on but we can't oh, can be, be naked like, and what we're feeling and what we're thinking i just don't understand yeah. like go, go ahead carry on <laughs> yeah it's like you as a woman you let this man all inside your body but you're afraid to tell him that you don't like things like you don't like when he sticks his tongue in your ear or you don't like that he wants to try anal play or you want him to do certain things like why are you afraid to communicate that like sex is very vulnerable and that's the perfect time i hear all the time too people are like oh i don't want to teach a grown man how to please me oh yeah and we can talk about it let's talk about yeah, it I say, go ahead go ahead girl go ahead <laughs> i actually just had a friend yesterday who was telling me about her her partner she was like i love him to death but his head is awful she was like it's so awful that i don't even receive oral anymore and I'm like, well, why don't you just teach him how to do it? And she's like, I ain't trying to teach no grown ass man how to eat pussy. I, so like, here's, here's my take on this, Nikita. Here's my take on this. Every woman's body is different. It's different. I can tell you being a mom of three children that, um, and I'm 43 years old, I say it very proud, that um, at every point in my life, my sexual desire changed. So... The shit I was talking when I was 20 and I didn't know what I was talking about was not the same as when I was 30. And then sex in my 30s was totally different after having my son, my son's 13. After having my son, I was like, I don't know what kind of hormones I got having a little testosterone in my body, but whoo child, you know? And then you get to 40 and you like sink into your skin. 
and you understand mm-hmm. your body and you feel empowered as a woman. And so with that said, I'm a firm believer and advocate. I even push women to say that you have to teach somebody who you are and what you like. You have to first explore on your own. A lot of women don't want to do that. They're like, why am I doing that? Why am I playing yeah. with toys? Why am I masturbating? Blah, 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 blah. Society says, I don't care. If you want to have better sex, my honest opinion is that you learn your body first. You have what to. Makes you, you have to. Orgasm, what makes you, what do you like? What do you not like? If you don't know that, then you can't get mad at somebody else for not knowing Because that. they don't know. Exactly. Right. Right. I tell and, people too, we, I'm sorry, go ahead. And and then the the idea of like, I'm not teaching a grown man, we could get into it on a whole nother show, but men don't actually take classes either of course there's classes out there that they can take but they don't take classes they go through by experience and they go through what they see on tv right yeah you cannot right. do with what I, and i say this on the show all the time just because it worked with your last girlfriend doesn't mean it's going to work with me so you can't always absolutely. bring your baggage over here because we're not the same people right and so absolutely you have a real mentality of like if this is someone i want to be with We're going to have to learn each other. We're going to have to communicate with each other. We're going to understand how, how we love each other, how we make love to each other. Right. Right. And where we're compatible sexually and where we're not in areas that we need to work on, because the reality is you have to teach the person you, you don't have to teach them how to have sex. You have to teach them. you. Right. I feel like for some, not all, but I feel like when some people say, I don't want to teach a grown ass person how to have sex or how to please me, I think that's kind of like, I think that's a way of admitting, I don't really know how to please myself. So I don't know how to teach my right. partner. Because right. if you knew how to teach them, then you wouldn't have an issue with doing it. I mean, it doesn't mean you have to like put them at a desk and stand up with a PowerPoint presentation. Like, hey, do this, do this, do this. Like literally during sex, you can say, hey, I don't like when you do that right there. Or, oh, baby, that feels good. I always tell people leave with a compliment, especially if you're having the conversation after sex or before sex. Leave with right. a compliment. I love how you fuck me from the back, but I hate that you grab my nipples when you do it. Right. And it's noted, and that's that. So the um the guy that I'm with now, he I don't I don't know where men got this sticking their tongue in your ear. It's yeah, I'm not a fan. Thing. I have not met a woman that likes that. But I'm not a fan. <laughs> but my partner, like when we first started dating and, and became sexual, like that's what he did. He would, and I would do like the little shy pull away like this, thinking he would stop. No, he wouldn't stop. So one day I finally told him I was like, hey. I don't like when you put your tongue in my ear. Like, it feels disgusting. And he goes, well, why you didn't just tell me that? And I was right. like, I don't know. So don't be afraid of hurting your partner's feelings. Don't be afraid that they're not going to want to have sex or do anything anymore. Like, just tell them how you feel. When it comes to masturbating to learn your body, know that you need to actually explore your body. Don't just go grab a sex toy just to have just to masturbate for five minutes and then get an orgasm. Like you want to actually take the toy and like rub it across your body, you know, start at your neck, do your nipples, do, do around your nipples, you know, find what your erogenous zones are, especially after you've had a baby. Cause again, those could change. You want to play around with different types of toys. You don't want to use the same toy every single time, which brings me a lot of people ask, well, if I masturbate every day, won't that desensitize my clitoris? Um, the answer, the, the general answer is no. It's not going to desensitize your clitoris permanently. But what happens is you get used to that particular sensation. 
And right. so other sensations may not be as pleasing. And what you do is you just take a break from that toy or take a break from masturbating for a little while, not like months, maybe a week or so, and then start back up and, and you're good. So it's not going to make you just not have or you know feel it when you're having sex or anything like that but you want to you want to masturbate with different types of toys you want to use suction toys you want to do simulators you want to do penetrative toys find out what you like you want to play around with the speeds. you want to play around with the textures some of this they have all kind of sex toys on the market now i know (laughs) (laughs) i I opened up this lingerie shop and started selling sex toys oh my god it's like a rabbit hole like every time i I, like I dread now looking at at sex toys because I'm just like it's gonna take me four hours to to find one thing because yeah. I didn't know the market for sex toys was this big like the amount of catalogs right. and emails that you get now that I now that I have a store I'm like this is ridiculous yeah. I didn't even know they had half of this stuff right. like for, for individuals for couples for couples for, like it's crazy <laughs> it's crazy. I opened my toy store in 2019 and I didn't have any business starting a business. I didn't know anything. I literally thought, okay, sex sales. I thought it was going to be as easy as starting a website, putting sex toys on it, and then it would take off from there. I was so wrong. Number one, because there are so many toys on the market, I didn't even know where to start. You're trying to choose products for my store. And even now, sometimes I struggle because so when I first started, I had this mentality that I wanted to be like the fashion Nova of sex toy <laughs> I like it though. But, but I found out like four months in, people are like, it's overwhelming. I don't know what I'm looking for. I don't like, it's too many products. It's too right. many pages. I get tired of scrolling. And of course I listen to feedback and I take heed yeah. to that. So I started to narrow, like I had over 40,000 products in my store because I have an online oh, yeah. store. Yeah. yeah and, and so I could see. And I mean, I'm like, well, I do get overwhelmed when I'm on Fashion Nova or some of the boohoo yeah. and things like that because yeah, there's yeah. too many options. Yeah. And so I've started to narrow down. But even now, sometimes I'm like, I don't want to have too many options that people get overwhelmed, but I don't want to not have enough options that if somebody knows what they're looking for and they come to my site, they're not able to find it. So it's still like trying to find a happy medium. But yeah. there are so many different types of toys. There are vibrating toys. There are thrusting toys. There are squirting toys. There are glass toys, metal toys. There are silicone toys. Like anything that you can think of, I guarantee you there is. It's there. Have you seen the dildo that's shaped like a hammer? It went no. viral at one point. It literally not it looks like a regular hammer, but I think the handle and maybe one side of the top part vibrates. I don't have that toy, so I'm not 100% sure. I've just seen it. It but sounds just, like it would make sense if two parts of it vibrated. Yeah, knowing, so, the, the, yeah, knowing the industry, it sounds like that would be yeah. it. <laughs> so I'm just saying, like, literally, they, I've, seen, I've seen dildos that are shaped like dinosaurs like yeah it gets crazy out here yeah. so it's crazy in these streets <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. so you can there because there are so many different toys on the market you should never have an excuse for not knowing what types of speeds sensations or none of that that you like and um i don't know like what you do for your customers that shop with you but i actually offer consultations for people who don't really know how to shop for sex toys so yeah. i help people you know i i ask them a round of questions to try to find out like what type of simulations that they know for sure that they like and then i ask questions to find out what they would be open to and then i make recommendations based off of that to help them choose that's the a good that idea would- i everything well i only carry right now sweet vibrations because mm-hmm. um that and the rose 
because that's what people ask oh, me the for. damn rose. <laughs> yeah, people are always asking me, do you have the rose? Yeah. Um, I carry Sweet Vibration Pals because I actually, I they, they came on the show as a sponsor and I used all of their products and I liked it so much. I liked them all so much. I was like, because I'm not going to sell anything, like you said, that I don't use myself, that I don't right. feel like I would want. Mm -hmm. um and so that's what i use what i do find when i do live pop-up shop for women in particular is that they tend sometimes to be uncomfortable with wanting to buy toys mm -hmm. um i get a lot of like does your packaging ship discreetly i'm like yes yeah. it's only black boxes and things like that <laughs> and so there's that 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 i and then it, there's a lot of word of mouth yeah you know yeah. i get a lot of sales from my friend bought so-and-so can I have that one kind of thing because yeah. they told me about it so it tends to be a thing where for me where people aren't so much going online and just looking it's more right. like I had an experience with this or my boyfriend brought it or my best friend had it and they told me this couple told me about it and then they come and buy it and I think I think that I think that's a whole nother show where we need to talk about women being comfortable being able yeah. to buy sex toys and explore mm -hmm. sex toys and go into the store or couples going into a store together and kind of picking something and trying it. You know, I always tell couples when I have my intimacy talk that's live, I always give them a suggestion. And one of the suggestions I, I tell them for like a date night or a fun sexual activity is that each of you have a plan a date night for a Friday night or a Saturday night. And clearly you're going to be intimate and you each bring something to the party. You know what I mean? And you go and you buy a toy that interests you, not your partner that interests you. And you bring it to the, um, and you bring it so that that evening you guys could take turns trying each other's toy. Uh, okay. Speaking of couples and sex toys, um, I know a lot of men are like, um, my girl don't need no sex toy. She got me. Or they feel intimidated when a woman pulls a vibrator out there and says, guys, sex toys are not your opponent. They are your teammates. They are there right. to enhance the experience. It does not mean that you are awful at sex. It just means that either she wants to try something new or she wants to feel multiple sensations at one time and you might not be able to deliver that. But like definitely look at sex toys as a teammate. Like they're, they're here to help you. Yeah, and I think a lot of men, like you said, are uncomfortable, but I think they should be involved in the process of choosing those toys as well, right? right? Like women, you can pick all the toys you like, but if he comes over and you got four of them, you could be like, babe, which one we we're gonna play with tonight? And you and and take and be like, okay, babe, you're gonna use this on me. We're gonna share this right. time together. We're gonna use this as part of our foreplay, and not making it something where it's like a standalone, you know, thing. But it's incorporated yeah. into your intimacy time. And I mean, I wouldn't give your partner too many options either if you're gonna listen <laughs> to. So I have this bag. <laughs> My boyfriend calls me the Mary Poppins of sex toys. He's yeah. like, oh Lord, here you come with this bag. This bag of tricks is what he calls it. But it's hilarious because he's like, What are you gonna pull out today? And I'm like, I don't know. It depends on, you know, what I'm in the mood for in that moment. But um, Definitely get your partner's intake when it comes to picking out toys that you're going to be using together. They also make toys that are designed specifically for couples. Like, right. um, We Vibe, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but We Vibe has, um, it looks like a little C-shaped thing like this and you slide it into the, into the vagina. And so the, the vibrating part actually sits on top of the vulva. So it vibrates for both partners during penetrative sex. It's yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I, I love the bag. 
um say if loud does have a whole bag because um i feel every couple needs to have a whole bag a whole box you don't even got to call a hole if you don't want to but there should be a space in your home for your adult intimate items Absolutely. whatever that is for you that could be massage oils it could be uh couples toys it could be individuals toys it could be blindfolds it could be anything that you guys you know that that you as a couple you as a person enjoy that you want to keep it you know and you're spending a night bag and you know <laughs> you, you should, <laughs> yeah you should have a space for that i think that that's an yeah. important part of like adult and intimacy and being able to have that with your partner and share that time and that space um with your partner and and kind of have fun with it mm -hmm. um i want to get into really intimacy regarding couples and um what cu most couples are lacking as far as intimacy um especially after baby okay um the number one thing that couples are lacking when it comes to intimacy is communication effective communication and what i mean why i put emphasis on effective is because i've had clients say well i told him what i don't like okay but how did you deliver that like did you Ooh. did you have an attitude when you said it were you nice about it did you sit down and talk to your partner like an adult did you talk to them like a child like how did you talk to them number one Number two, did you listen when they spoke? Because a conversation is a two-way thing, you know? Right. It can't be one person talking and then the other person doesn't get a chance to say what they feel or what they think about it. So you have to be willing to say what you need to say in a respectable manner, but also be able to receive what your partner is saying. So for instance, um, say um, one of you likes anal play and the other one does not, right? So you don't want to just come to your partner like, stop fucking messing with my asshole. Like, I don't like that shit. Like, why? You know, just be like, babe, I, I really don't like when you try to mess with my butt or, you know, I don't like the anal play. Um, and then find out what how your partner feels about it. Maybe it's something that they just want to try. Maybe there's a reason why they keep doing it. Like, hear them out and then you guys have to find a happy medium right whatever that is maybe you don't like anal penetration but anal stimulation from the outside is okay that could be a happy medium you know what i'm saying right. um the other thing that couples lack when it comes to intimacy is not being clear on what intimacy is a lot of people say intimacy to sex intimacy Talk is about so it. much more than sex there <laughs> Talk is about it. intimacy there is spiritual intimacy there is intellectual intimacy like there like intimacy we could like this should be a whole nother episode <laughs> like, I, I feel like we're gonna need a whole nother episode nikita because we're just scratching the surface on this yes, because absolutely. I, I talk about it all Wait, the let time me give you guys a, a couple of examples of what intimacy is beyond the bedroom cooking dinner together can be intimate Mm -hmm. Taking a cooking class together can be intimate. Deciding to have a picnic out in the backyard, taking a walk through your neighborhood together, hiking a mountain together, laying on the couch, watching a, a rom-com together. Like those things can be intimate. And those things can strengthen the bond between you and your partner. Anything that you guys can do together that can open the door for you to have a conversation, because you can have a conversation walking through the neighborhood, holding hands. Talk, of, ask your partner, how was your day today? 
Like, what was the worst part of your day? What is the best part of your day? Affirming your partner can be very intimate, especially if their love language is words of affirmation. Yeah. And speaking of speaking of love languages, I do want to note that or add in that a lot of people tend to love their partner based off of their own love language. You cannot do that. You have Woo! to love people in the way that they need to be loved, not how you right. want to love them. And that can be very uncomfortable. I'm not usually one to affirm people, right? Not that I don't care to, it's just like words of affirmation is not my top love language. It's actually my bottom love language. So I don't, I'm not huge on affirmations or I wasn't at one point. Well, my boyfriend, his number one love language is words of affirmation. So I had to get to a point to where I was affirming him often. And I tell him every chance I get how much I appreciate him and what he does for me and my kids. I tell him often how amazing I think he is as a person, like anything to uplift, if uplift your partner or make them feel good. Even if they're, even if their love language isn't words of affirmation, that could still be a very intimate thing. Write your partner a love letter. National Love Letter Day is actually coming up this month. I think it's like the 25th or the 27th. But write your partner a love letter and let them know how you feel about them. And you'll be amazed at how that can open the door for a conversation. Because some people like do not know how their partner really feels about them. Right. It's crazy because, again, how you going to bed with this person every night or how you busting it open for this person on the regular? Right. And they don't even know your true feelings for them. Right. I'm, 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 still, I'm still stuck, Nikita, on the, on the love languages. Because yes. I didn't learn that till I got older, right? Mm-hmm. And we love people how we love, right? right? And not necessarily what they need. And sometimes we're not right. even having a conversation with ourselves about what we, how we need to be loved. Like, what do I right. need in a relationship? How do I need to feel confident in this relationship? Mm-hmm. What do I need my partner to give me or say to me or do to make me feel secure in this relationship? And then, well, I have to listen to what they need because... Oftentimes people are fighting and they love each other, but they fighting mm-hmm. because they're not loving each other the way they need the to right. be loved. They're, yeah, mm-hmm. they're loving how they how they think. Well, he's supposed to do this for me. Well, he doesn't know that. Right. Right. right? I or, actually learned my my boyfriend's love language way before we ever had a conversation about love languages because I listened when he talked. Right. And in the beginning stages, like when we first started dating, he was telling me about his ex-wife and he goes, yeah, I would come home and she would just say things to make me already feel like shit or feel more like shit. And he's like, I already get beat down every day by society because I'm a black man and blah, blah, blah. I don't want to come home and be beat down. I want to come home and feel loved and feel uplifted. I I feel like that's for every man. That's for every man. Like every man's fighting out there. Yes. Like his love language is words of affirmation. And yeah. so later down the line, when we had the talk about love languages, he was like, yeah, my number one love language is words of affirmation. So if you just listen mm-hmm. when your partner talks to you, a lot of times you can learn a lot about how they want to be loved because they'll tell you. Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes we got to pay back closer attention yep. um, um, to that and kind of really understand and, and then do the work, not just right. hear you it. You have to do the work. But right. do the work. Um, we are running out of time, but I do want to get to one more thing because I really think that okay. this is really important. So in my live shows, um, one of my live shows I did, um, I told the couples to take their phones out. And I mm-hmm. was like, I need y'all to take a sexy picture together. Take a sexy, the okay. sexiest selfie that you could take together. I need you to take that, to, to take together. And then I was on your website and I saw that you give like sexting classes. Mm-hmm. 
And I just wanted you to touch on that because I really do think that couples, all kind of couples, but definitely couples that have been together a while who want to spice things up, who want to mm-hmm. like not always just be mom and dad, need a way to communicate and have that intimacy in a virtual space. So okay. what are some things that couples can do? Um, so this is where foreplay is important. Everybody needs to know that foreplay is not just the oral sex that you do for 10 minutes before penetrative sex. Uh, foreplay can start a week in advance. It can start earlier that day and it can start through texting. Text your partner, hey babe, I miss you. Let like It can start as simple as that. And then your partner might say something like, oh yeah, what do you miss? Oh, I miss the way you kiss me. I miss how you touch me. I miss how my body feels against yours. Like take it from there and and just literally play the role. And what's gonna happen is, so let's say, you know, your your partner leaves for work for the day at six o'clock in the morning. You start, you know, you start that text message up around nine and you guys are gonna be flirting through text because that's basically what it is. It's flirting through text. You're gonna do that. And then by the time he gets home, both of y'all are gonna be ready to put them kids to bed. Y'all gonna be like, fuck them kids. (laughs) <laughs> and let's do it, right? And I do want to, um, I know we're running out of time, but that I, I want to bring in um, how couples can make time for sex if they have kids. Yes, yes, yes. Because I know that is very important. So the biggest thing that I hear from every last one of my clients is I want to want sex. I want my partner, but I'm just too tired at night. Who said you got to have sex at night? Exactly. Why can't you do it in the morning? Right. Morning sex is amazing, y'all. Listen. Better than coffee. It's the tone for your whole day. <laughs> right. If you work out, if you're a gym rat and you prefer to work out in the morning, you know how it gets you pumped up and ready for the day. Sex does the same thing. Have sex in the morning. Have sex in the middle of the night. Do a quickie at lunchtime. Sneak off to the bathroom while the kids are watching a movie or playing on the iPad. Get you a little quickie in here and there. Schedule a date night. Schedule a time where some, if you have somebody that can watch your kids, you know, go out. If you're not able to, like if someone has to come to your house to watch your kids and you're not able to take your kids somewhere, go out. Do something spontaneous. Have sex on an elevator or in public somewhere. Like, And that also keeps it spicy. And then those are things that you can incorporate into sexing as well. Babe, like... I would love for you to, you know, I would love for us to take a drive and pull over on the side of the road and get it in. Or, or you know, babe, I would love to to come to your job with just a trench coat on and, and see how, how quiet and how quickly we can orgasm on your lunch break or with people in the surrounding offices or anything like that. If you struggle with sexing, if you're not comfortable and you need work, I do have a website that guys uh, that you all can go to that will actually help you learn how to sex. It is called Slutbox, but the actual URL is juiceboxit.com. So it's J-U-I-C-E-B-O-X-I-T.com. Let me tell you something. Please warn your partners if you decide to try out the Slutbox because, um, it doesn't play and it, it sends some crazy text messages that will get you caught up if your partner does not know what you got going on like you will randomly receive a text message that'll say some, some shit like hey babe i was invited to a barbecue we should go and make things steamy yeah <laughs> if your partner's sitting there and they don't know that you got this app they're gonna be like who the fuck is that but <laughs> it does <laughs> 
it does help you learn how to sex and how to get comfortable with it. Also with sexting, like don't be afraid to get naked or do one of the things that I like to do. Um, and I will probably do it after this since I'm already dolled up a little bit is <laughs> when I'm, when I, when I'm very confident and I'm feeling like cute or sexy or whatever, I like to put on lingerie yes. and then record myself dancing for my partner. And then I'll send him the video. Yes, do it. I'm all for it. I'm here. I think that women should feel sexy in their skin and feel sexy in their clothes. And men too, because we don't give enough yeah. men enough credit for that as well. Being like, you know what? They want to be loved on and they want to mm -hmm. feel empowered and sexy as well. And I think it's healthy yeah. for two people to be able to have that interaction, even if they're not exactly in that same space at that same moment. One last note. People hate when I say it. Don't be afraid to schedule sex. Put it on your calendar. You put all everything else that you prioritize, you put it on the calendar. Why shouldn't sex be on there too? Right. And for those people that are like, oh, it just, it can't be spontaneous. We subconsciously schedule sex anyway, because guess what? If you got a date this Friday night, you know you having sex after that date. So right. you don't schedule the date and you know that sex is going to follow. You have subconsciously scheduled sex. Right. right. Go ahead and put it on your calendar anyway. Right. And especially for the for the people that have kids, I think that's even more important. Like I tell people yeah, all the time, absolutely. if you have kids, you definitely need to schedule sex. Schedule it and for that's okay. Time. Schedule it while they're at school, while they're at daycare, whatever. While they're at grandma house, whenever yep. it, whenever it is that night that you get away after the wedding, y'all got invited to whatever it is. All of that. Yeah, <laughs> take the opportunities <laughs> as they come and use it as a time where you're like, okay, we're gonna get some one on one time. Let's yeah. let's use this one on one time to have our intimacy time. I think that's really important. And and the same Absolutely. way, like you said, people prioritize going to work. We prioritize going to the gym. We prioritize the parent teacher conference. We need to prioritize the time that we have with our partners. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, oh my gosh, Nikita, I feel like we touched on so many good things. Like, you gotta There's come back. So much more information. Yes. Like, I was trying to get everything out, and I'm just like, I know we're, we're you know, yeah. we have limited time, so <laughs> you gotta have to come back because we gotta talk. We gotta Absolutely. dig a little deeper into the intimacy, the sex thing. We there's so many things. There's so many other things that we could dig a little deeper into, and I'm sure everybody's gonna want more. Um, but can you Absolutely. tell everybody where they can find you in the meantime so that they can Absolutely. check out your website, check out the apps, check out the book, all that good stuff. Absolutely. So you guys can find me on Instagram at Nikita Grady. It's N-I-K-K-I-T-A-G-R-A-D-Y. Um, that's my handle for all social media. So that's where you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Snapchat, TikTok, and YouTube. <laughs> so many platforms and LinkedIn if you're on LinkedIn yeah um also currently my website is actually sensationalvibes.com I am in the process of rebranding so late November my new URL will be nikitagrady.com but if you type in sensationalvibes.com it will redirect you to the new website Excellent. Excellent. And so you guys can go there and you can check out some of the toys, check out some of the reviews, some of the classes that uh, Nikita gives, both um, in intimacy, uh, relationships, postpartum, um, post baby. What, what else? Do, what don't you do? <laughs> I do it all. Yeah. You guys can call me the Olivia Pope of the sex coaching industry <laughs> because I'm a fixer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But how um, did you? How, I'm sorry how did you start that work? Like how did what, like, I know what your experience was, but did you, did you plan to become a sex coach? 
So the crazy thing is I've always been interested in sexual topics, right? Like I was in high school writing papers on sexual health and my classmates was like, oh my God, I can't believe you're doing that. Even in college, although I went to school for uh, information technology, I still would write papers on sexual health. Um, people gravitated toward me for sex and relationship advice. I don't know why they just did. I, at one point, even became a self-proclaimed sexologist. I was like, I'm a certified head doctor. I want to teach women how to suck dick. Cause I got yeah. tired of hearing men complaining about women not knowing how to suck that's dick. A, that's a, and, Nikita, that's a big business right now. You know that, right? <laughs> that I'm is actually a launching, um, uh, the end of November, early December, I'm actually launching blow his mind fellatio one-on-one and it is a 90 minute workshop you can do it as a group with your friends or you can do individual sessions and i will teach you everything you need to know about swallowing the dick that's big business right now man. <laughs> that is a big but, i'm telling you there are women i took one of the classes because uh samia's been on my show and uh, i took her class because she's been on my show and i was like let me i was like i don't think i need to learn anything but let me go anyway and, and you learned I, something new still, right? I, I feel like I could have taught the class, but nonetheless, <laughs> I was like, yo, I was more taken by how many women were in this class. Yeah. I was sitting there adding up, like, this is how much she charged for people. It's full uh -huh. to capacity, and there are tons uh -huh. of women here who, like, legit, and I was like, yo, I could have taught you this shit for free for nothing. Like, like, yeah. like you know, but it's not about that. It was, it was, for me, it was like, there's so many people here. Mm -hmm. I yeah, was just absolutely. so taken at how many women feel insecure about sucking dick. Like I just, yeah, I, didn't, yeah. I had no idea. It was mind blowing to me that amount of women that wanted to learn and didn't have a safe space to mm -hmm. learn or, or couldn't ask questions that I even considered it. And then I was like, eh, y'all do that. But, <laughs> um, but I do think that, that women need a, safe space to have these questions answered Absolutely. right and people yeah. to go to where it doesn't feel like a fishbowl but it feels like mm -hmm. i'm getting this intimate discussion with someone that i can trust yeah who's helping me in an area and 90 percent of the women are just I, i'm sorry to say this ladies but y'all just feeling insecure like you're probably yeah. really not that bad um mm -hmm. but you just don't feel confident about it um, and that's okay. That's what you take the class for to right. get your confidence. But I also feel like it's, it's more about empowering, you know, women to feel good about what they're yeah. doing. And then I feel like there's some women that don't like sucking dick. And I, I mean, feel, there and are I, reasons behind it. Yeah. Ahead, I feel like there's reasons behind it, but I also think there's some women that just don't like it. Like there's people that don't yeah. like chocolate and there's people that don't right. like vanilla. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, um, and I think those people need to be honest with themselves too. And just be like, this, right. you know, they need to be honest with their partner as well yeah so, and just be like that's yeah. not really my thing instead of forcing your and it's okay right. right something not everything's for everybody instead of forcing yourself to do something that you know like whatever your reason is maybe morally spiritually ethically physically whatever it is you just don't like it and you don't have your to. passion behind sucking dick determines how good it's going to be right absolutely so if you're not passionate if you're not enthusiastic about it because you don't really want to do it you're just doing it because your partner wants you to it's going to be trash yeah it's never going to be good and so i want those people to be honest with themselves yeah and then the other people i say i'm a big advocate take the class um yeah. not so much for the instruction for me because I feel like there's just so many ways you like you could do that, but right. more to feel confident about what you're doing, to own it. Absolutely. You know, I think a lot of women have to feel confident. They have to feel like they own it and not mm -hmm. feel like they're in competition with someone else, but really right. just 
being their best self and being comfortable with it. That's my honest Absolutely. opinion. But then again, I'm passionate about the subject. So <laughs> clearly. Look, it's, it's funny um, that people gravitated toward me and I became this like certified head doctor, as I called myself, or, you know, I was like, I'm a sexologist. I didn't even know there was a such thing as a sexologist. Yeah. There. And now I say, talk about manifesting at its finest. But um, fast forward, you know, I finished school. I went off and got my master's in information technology. I worked in information technology for eight years. I was laid off from my job when I was six months pregnant with my daughter in 2019. And being halfway through my pregnancy, I was like, by the time I find a job, interview, go through orientation, training, it's going to be time to take maternity leave. I had already determined when I had my daughter that I was going to actually enjoy the, the, um, the newborn phase because with my other two kids, I immediately rushed back to work as soon as I could. And I was like, nope, I'm, I'm going to enjoy this this time. So I was in no rush to go look for another job even after I had the baby. So I had to do something to survive. And I was like, well, I've always had a passion for sex. Let me open up a sex toy store. And so I did that. Three months into that, it wasn't fulfilling. So I was like, okay, I want to do more than this. What, what can I do? And I was like, I want to help women. I want to educate women on their bodies. I want to help them choose. Like, I don't want to just sell you a toy. I want right. to sell you the toy for you. Right. And so I started doing research and that's when I started to find out about sexologists, sex coaches, sex therapy and all of that. And so that's when I um, went off to become a certified relationship and sexuality coach. And here we are. I love it. And it's oh, the best job ever. <laughs> yeah, of course it is. I love it. I love it. I, I love a story like that because I love when people manifest yeah. what it is that they want. And I love that you embody who you are and the yeah, work absolutely. that you do empowering women and empowering men as well with education yeah. and then being able to still be yourself through all of that and be vulnerable in it. So I appreciate you so much um, for sharing time and space and energy um, with okay. all of us. Um, again, Nikita Grady, you can check her out on Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, YouTube. All of them. All of that good stuff. Thank you so much, Nikita, for being a guest on Save Loud Podcast. Thank you. I appreciate you, me. and you will be back soon for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. You, 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 you know already who's in this bitch. In this bitch. Live. 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 Live.